Today, we celebrate six players from six different Big 12 schools go in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. What does that mean for a league that is trying to catch up with the Big 10 and the SEC, and mostly the SEC? What does it mean to have this many guys from this many schools go? And does it reveal some problems as well? I'll explain on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Thank you all for listening and watching, making us a part of your day, however you all are doing it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Please, please, please subscribe to this show on YouTube. If you are listening on an audio apparatus, I guess you could say an audio app, uh, please go over to YouTube and subscribe. That's really important for us that you all do that. It really does help the engagement. If you guys are watching this video, please like it. It also helps more fans like you all find it. It helps us create more conversation, more comments, and that's ultimately what drives this show. I like it. Uh, you guys know I'm doing a weekly chat now. I like to help you know have conversations with you all where you all can help drive what we talk about on this show. It's really important to me. So your all's involvement on Twitter, uh, at LOBig12, uh, at JoshNeighbors underscore, also on YouTube is really important to me and important to the show. If you guys cannot watch, you guys can find us on your audio apps. I hope a lot of you guys are uh, kind of a dual listener, if you will, right? You watch the show when you can. Uh, if you can't watch the show, you listen to the show. So I hope you all uh, find us both directions, both ways. Last year was a difficult year when we talked about the NFL draft, right? It was something, uh, you know, I, I think it's, um, <clears throat> you know, last year with, with the not anybody go in the first round, and it was kind of this existential crisis in some ways for the Big 12 Conference because when you think about losing Oklahoma and Texas, the schools that get the most five-star talent, uh, and you talk about, you know, nobody's putting anybody in the league, five-star players or not, you know, Oklahoma, Texas or not, you start to get concerned. What does that mean? What is the identity of the league? And the issue was is that the general narrative about the Big 12, fair or not, is that at times this league is seven on seven. There's a lack of defense. And so any defensive player that sticks out sticks out because the league is not good, not because of their quality of their player, right? Quality of the player. Now, you know, he's not that good now. They're good players everywhere. The real football heads know that there's, you know, there's good players everywhere, but at seven on seven reputation was there a bit and it should have gone away after we saw what Baylor and Oklahoma state did on their way to a big 12 championship matchup back in 2021, the two best defenses in that league that were fantastic wire to wire opportunistic and uh, full of quality players, NFL players at that as well. But, you know, when we judge these leagues overall, we think about these big programs, we think about them putting the top players in the league, right? Like Bryce Young is a five blue chip, five star prospect who basically just goes through and is able to make it into the league. Now, it's hard to fail for guys like that. You know, I think about guys like Jeff Driscoll. I think he was a pretty high prospect and, you know, just kept getting chance after chance. And he actually still ended up in the NFL. But a lot of times that five star talent can carry you all the way through. There's a lot of guys who don't have that situation, right? A lot of guys have to be developed. A lot of these Big 12 programs are very good at developing players. Say what you want about Iowa State's year last year, but my God, have they done a good job of putting guys into the league and are those guys having themselves a whale of a time, right? 
whether it be a guy, uh, you know, like a Brock Purdy, a Brees Hall, an Alan Lazard, and now Will McDonald gets to go to the NFL. They're developing talent very well. Oklahoma State has put a large number of guys at a bunch of different positions into the league, whether it's Chuba Hubbard or wide receiver, put a bunch of wide receivers into the league as well. You're seeing all of these schools are putting guys in the league. TCU had a long stretch of putting defensive players in the league. They will do the same this year. So, you know, last year was disappointing because they were not putting guys into the league. This year, things changed. This year, things flipped. Now, what we have to understand here is that it is six players from six different schools, right? This is not a situation where and you look in this first round, Ohio State. Uh, let's see, they had uh, one, two, three, four guys go in the first round. Alabama, they had, let's see, uh, one, uh, two, three, three guys go in the first round. Iowa had two guys go in the first round. There's all these programs putting multiple guys in. And that is what a lot of these programs aspire to be, right? Clemson has two guys go. And that's where a lot of these programs want to be, but it's not the case right now. So what we have to understand is while the big 12 had a great year last year where they produced plenty of strong NFL talent, I think we're going to see more guys go throughout the where we are, but uh, some high quality guys go as we get deeper into this draft. Just understand that, you know, we have to, we have to hope that this is uh, not the norm. And then some of you out there might say, well, I hope other teams don't get good players. Uh, you know, I understand that, but I think for, for me, as somebody who's a fan of the league, I hope more teams start putting in more guys and on a more consistent basis. And I think TCU and Kansas state are going to go through this process the next couple of years, right. Of, um, they're going to put a bunch of guys in the league, right. A lot of guys off this TCU team are going to go into the league last two TCU teams. Same thing for Kansas state's teams. You know, the guys who are, uh, you know, we're on these really successful teams are going to go to the league. The big question for them is, can they repeat that? Can they do it through recruiting? Can they do it through development? Can they do it in the portal? All of these things. That's the question that's asked of every program. But ultimately, your best recruiting tool is the ability to get guys to the NFL. Because not only does that help you get higher quality players, but it helps attract a large number of guys who need development and if you're a three-star guy and you're thinking about schools, you know, a lot of the mid-tier, let's just say mid-tier Power Five, not trying to offend TCU, but you know, they are newer to the Power Five and they're a very good school, right? But you're thinking about, okay, a kid's thinking about going to Missouri and going to Arkansas and going to TCU and thinking about Houston as well, right? And, um, you know, TCU could offer me a bit more PT than Arkansas, but also, uh, you know, Missouri offers me a, a bit more PT maybe, uh, but Houston offers me the most PT. Well, you know, okay, uh, what if these things are even, right? Maybe playing time's a big thing for you, but if you're going to bunch, there's a bunch of kids who are all, you know, those three-star kids thinking about places to go. You want the ones who are like, I need to be developed. I need to be developed. And which school is putting guys into the league? You know, Iowa State, good example, right? Iowa State's probably getting looks from better players now, or even the guys on a lower level, like you are considering I want to go to Iowa State because of their development. And so reputations for being in big spots, putting players into the league, that is what can help you at the next level. And at the next level, I mean the NFL as a player. And that's what can help your program as a whole level up. And that's what we're focused on here. How can these programs level up? 
And that is the focus in this. We better see more Big 12 guys in the first round next year. We can't be going six one year, not the next year, you know. And three one year, three the next year, sure, that's good, whatever. But you want to be consistently putting three, four guys in the first round of the draft. Getting that day one pick, it matters. It matters in the narrative fight. It matters the individual schools have these guys to fall back on. Chasing down Georgia and Alabama is a huge task. And I told you all, and I've said it a bunch, I'll say it again. I'm not sure how to do it. Clemson managed it. They are a very interesting example of how to do it. I'm not sure how recreatable that is. And that is a tribute to Dabo Sweeney, his staff, and the job they have done recruiting. But Clemson, South Carolina is not as desirable of a place as you would say a Fort Worth, Texas is. And TCU is a private school with plenty of money. And so maybe you might say if you're a TCU fan or if you're a Big 12 fan, that should be a school that is doing this. That should be a school that can be a Clemson. Time will tell, but Clemson's pretty unique. And, you know, the whole reason I'm talking about Clemson putting guys in the league and whatnot is, well, Clemson won national titles. They're able to get over, they were able to get over the hump of, of Clemsoning, right? Something that we joked about in the college football world for a long time. They were able to clear that hurdle and eventually win championships. High level talent, sure, but there is an ability for these other schools. Why couldn't a TCU? be like a Clemson. I could say, hey, they don't have Davo Sweeney. But I mean, resource-wise, what profile does Clemson fit? They're in the South. Okay, TCU's in Texas, right? It's a good recruiting bet. Clemson, the ACC. Yeah, the ACC's a good league, but Clemson's the premier team. FSU has not been as good. Miami has not been as good. Virginia Tech has not been as good as they have been in the past, right? So, okay, other powers are down. You know, the Big 12 is, a, is an open-ish league like the ACC. So, you start thinking maybe that's the possible way to do it. But Closing that gap to Georgia and Alabama is a daunting task. And once again, besides outside of being like Clemson, I'm not really sure how big 12 schools chase it down. Here's one thing you can do. Uh, Sonny Dykes has, you know, has the opportunity to build off this bunch of skilled players. If they can turn some of those guys that got in from Alabama into good players, a, a chance Nolan, maybe a guy from Oregon state comes over, which is a huge addition for them in the portal. Maybe he is a guy that, you know, a turns into a really good quarterback and goes to the NFL, right? It's, it's, hitting on guys like that that is going to keep these programs and look they're not going to be you know clemson was not clemson at one point but they're not going to be ohio state and georgia you know they're not going to be on that level but getting as close to it as possible that's that's attainable you know or you know uh, the next tier down i guess you could say is attainable and that's what these schools need to aspire to be and it starts with things like this because these schools that are machines there's a reason why i get so many players they are machines nil is just kind of the cherry on top for a lot of these guys, but the number one thing is you know, the NIL money is, is short and these kids can get NIL money anywhere. The NIL money is kind of in the same ballpark. I want to go play for Nick Saban and his staff. I want to go play for Kirby Smart and his staff. Look at the sheer number of folks these teams are putting in the NFL. There's a reason why the coaching staffs, they are doing a great job. All right. A uh, quick word from our sponsors. And then we'll talk about the guys who have been drafted. We are brought to you all by Built Bar. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at BuiltAndBuilt.com today. Healthy and amazing taste is what Built Bar brings. 100% dark chocolate is what their bars are covered in. They've got delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Available now at Built.com. They're also available at Sam's Club in big variety packs and Walmart in four packs. Built.com is where you go for Built Bars and also Sam's Club plus Walmart. So who were the big 12 players that were drafted last night? Well, the first one was defensive end Tyree Wilson from Texas tech. He is a powerful pass rusher says ESPN. 
Uh, difficult to keep off the quarterback when he shoots his hands inside and extends his long arms. He wins rushing off the edge in between the tackles. He is at his best hurting the quarterback. He moves well for his size and could drop a spot into cover and could uh, spot drop into coverage. You know, this is a guy, folks, and this is from, as from Steve Mensch uh, put that out. You know, this is a guy that is such a physical freak. Tyree Wilson is, and it's a you know you're kind of worried because he's it feels like could be a boom or bust pick. For the Raiders, uh, and the Raiders have not had a good track record recently with how their first round picks have panned out both on and off the field. So they're hoping that this one does hit, but Tyree Wilson's abilities were never in doubt. If you watched him a single day at Texas Tech, you watched him, and there was a reason why he was climbing up draft boards. There's a reason it was talked about that Tyree Wilson or Tyree, uh, Tyree Wilson could even be the number two pick in this year's NFL draft. So they're hoping the injury concerns are not too bad. And they're hoping that he can be a guy. that's a huge impact player for them, but it was not surprising to see Tyree Wilson go. And he was one of the more disruptive players in this league. No doubt about that. The next big 12 guy that we saw go in the draft was B. John Robinson from Texas pound for pound, the best player from the big 12 in this draft. And maybe even pound for pound. If you want to go this far and say, the most talented, maybe even the best player. The running back position is not valued as highly as it was in the past. But ironically enough, we got two running backs in the first round. Bijan Robinson is so good that he goes at number eight in this draft and nobody bats an eye. Falcons was an interesting pick. And I'll tell you what, guys, the Falcons might just run the football until they get a quarterback. I'm not sure Desmond Ritter's the guy, um, but this team was semi-competitive last year in the Falcons because the way they ran the football, Tyler Algier has been a really good piece for them. Cordero Patterson, very good piece for them. Bijan Robinson, very good piece for them. And hitting folks with that three, three out of the tack is going to be impressive. I think Cordero Patterson is still on. Don't double check here. Um, I think he is still on the Falcons. Yeah. Um, and so they're going to hit these guys, this, you know, this three prong attack. Bijan did have a pretty healthy carry load in college. That's the one thing you think about him. When you think about B. John Robinson, but guys, I've mentioned this before and I will say it again. He is one of those players that you just talk about and say it was an absolute honor and a pleasure to be able to watch B. John Robinson cook in college football. He was lights out. I mean, the, the, you can count the you can count the games where he struggled on on you know on one hand, it feels like that game that he had against TCU was a real outlier because how good he is. The natural ability. Um, mixed with the hard work, I mean, the clear hard work he's put in and the movement in space, the spinning, the cutting, the guy, you know, he doesn't give up on plays. He keeps his legs moving. He's hard to get down with a rest with just one person. And speaking of arrests, it's not a guy you're going to see get arrested very often. What we can tell just a great human being, um, a wonderful guy. And, and, if, and all of our experiences with him at Big 12 radio were fantastic. So I know we all dislike Texas, but it's hard to root against a guy like A.B. John Robinson. The third guy taking maybe a bit of a surprise. Will McDonald, the fourth, is a long explosive pass rusher with good bend and closing burst. He has good fit speed uh, when the weave move flashes, all those kinds of things. 6'4", 239, the Packers draft. And this felt like a very Packers pick. Will McDonald is a guy that I like a lot. Anybody who watched Big 12 football liked a lot and was somebody who developed very, very well. And also, I think you had to see him struggle a bit, too. 
we had to watch when McDonald started to deal with def or offenses rather keying in on him doing the best they could. And so as he got better as a player, he had to learn to deal with that. And so I love the fact that he learned in John Hecox's system, three, three, five, you know, I knew they could mix some things up, but some of that three, three, five stuff they do, you know, you are a bit isolated on the edge sometimes. And he was a dynamic pass rusher coming off the edge. And, um, you know, we talk about programs going from one level to the next. And I know Iowa State was, was disappointing last year. But Iowa State is a prime example of a program that with what they are putting into the NFL right now, because the quality of the player they are putting in the league, mentioned three guys off this kind of last you know, couple iterations of Iowa State football. Brees Hall is good. Very good. Scary good at times. Alan Lazard is very, very good now on the Jets. Uh, Brock Purdy was awesome. A better pro than he was a college player, you know, at, at some could argue. And now they got a Will McDonald type guy, you know, go here going and not to mention Charlie Kolar also went not to mention, you know, guys like Mike Rose, all those guys they, as well. They have an opportunity here to continue to put in very good players into the league. And that program, obviously under Matt Campbell has taken steps, but as much as I think about how much they struggled last year, this is kind of one of those moments that brings you back to earth and reminds you, Oh yeah, they're putting guys in the league. They're developing players and putting them in the NFL that's really important to grow a program. Next up for uh, the Chargers is Quentin Johnston. Johnston is the deep threat with the speed, the ball tracking. You guys know I love Quentin Johnston. Just an alien. Uh, out of this world good. Uh, a player that really did not explode be uh, until this year because the quarterbacking he was dealing with was not good enough to, to get him there and to help him explode and burst onto the scene the way he did in this past season. And uh, I am... You know, I'm really, I've, I'm really been really impressed with him, uh, and I've, it's been interesting tracking through the draft process. The Chargers are kind of tired of of not having, I guess, reliability with Mike Williams and whatnot. So I think they're putting Quentin Johnson on the edge to say, all right, we got to get another guy. We got to have some depth when it comes to explosive guys. They've now built that, and you know, Keenan Allen getting older, Austin Eckler, very good player, part of their core. But they're trying to put weapons around Herbert. That's the goal. Now. They got to put weapons around Justin Herbert to make sure this thing they get the most out of a guy who is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. Um, and, and we'll see, you know, they say there's some tightness in his hips uh, and he takes long in and out of his breaks, but physically speaking, it's a guy who can go and get the football for you when you throw it up to him. It's never a problem. He's had in his burst, his quickness, you know, that is one thing that you just almost can't, you, you can't fathom. You know, underneath you can go deep. He's, he's kind of, you know, everything when it comes to the physical part of it, Anton Harrison, goes to the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is one of those where, look, you know, it's good technique. He's not like the craziest athlete uh, that we've ever seen, but he's got good control. He's a safe tackle. And I think, I mean, he's going to be a quality offensive lineman in the NFL. And so I think that, you know, they're trying to protect Trevor Lawrence, protect their investment. They've got a bunch of skilled players there in Jacksonville. They want to continue to grow that and continue their success. I think Anton Harrison's the right kind of player to help them with that. And then this was cool at 32 to see Felix and Uzama of K state go on and get drafted. And I think when I talk about Iowa state in recent memory, I'm also going to talk about K state because from a program standpoint, they're at the part of their progression. Now we got to cash in off this last strong group of players and it, this will help them entice, you know, more players. We're going to see Deuce Vaughn get drafted. We'll see a bunch of guys off this team get drafted. We're going to see also, uh, you know, we saw Felix Anodike Uzama get drafted as well. 
going to see, you know, guys like uh, Brents and Boy, Boy Doe and all those guys going to the NFL. And I'm excited to see kind of what, you know, level they hit and where they go. But I think they've got a good chance with these group of guys they're about to put in the league to keep building a good reputation as a school that's going to produce sound fundamental players. And Uzama, lighter side is the big concern about him. But uh, Kansas City's had some success with local guys. Nick Bolden in the middle for them in the Missouri product has been awesome. Felix Anudike Uzama is going to feel right at home. He is a Kansas City guy. And so I like to pick the hometown guy. Maybe could have gotten him later on in the process, but they're going to also, you know, uh, make him uh, put him alongside George Karloftis. They're going to help to get that defensive line on the younger side. They're starting to draft there, and that's what they're going to have to do. The Chiefs are going to have to hit on guys like Anudike Uzama and Karloftis to make sure that they can kind of extend this window. As long as you have Patrick Mahomes, sure, you can win. But guys like Nick Bolton, guys like Karloftis, guys like Felix Enodike Uzama are big keys. And also, the fact that these guys might be undersized, like you, like Felix Enodike Uzama, like Deuce Vaughn, they have to show their technical ability, their work ethic is going to make it worth it. And I think more teams will see these quality players come out of Chris Kleiman programs in the future moving forward. So, Big night doesn't mean the Big 12 is going to start doing this every single year, but you have the league with the third most uh, picks uh, or, or uh, you're the league of the third most SEC Big 10 at nine apiece, Big 12 at six, and ACC was five and then Pac was three. So some variety there, a lot of variety there, but six different schools get the job done for this league. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool to see six separate schools. Uh, put you know, put guys in the league. It's all about though consistently doing this at a high level. And I'm gonna see TCU and K State put a bunch of guys in the league, but you want to see them put a bunch of really good guys in the league year after year after year. That's that's the big key moving forward. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at lo big twelve. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Please subscribe to Locked On Big Twelve wherever you all get your podcasts. Till next time, my friends. As always, stay safe.